Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance, chapters 9 and 10. In class today, we talked about the urine incident with J.D.'s mom needing a clean urine sample to pass a drug test to maintain her position at work. Knowing that she'd fail, she asked J.D. J.D. gets very upset and really stands up to her, yells at her. But Mayma steps in and, and really makes sure that J.D. understands that while this is not normal, and this is not behavior that really should be, you know, condoned. Ultimately, he, she also acknowledges that we need to give her that urine. And that family and the loyalty to family comes at a cost of giving people unlimited chances. And being loyal to a fault is just part of Maymaw's personality. And she gives that to JD. And while it's, it's a little bit of a burden, a little bit of a cross for JD to, to bear, he ultimately understands that what makes Mayma so loyal and hopeful comes from this idea that she believes that her daughter is going to hit rock bottom and that at some point she's going to start building herself back up. So this experience, while we know is not normal, and J.D. is just seeking out an adult in his life who's going to give him consistency, his mother's never going to be that person. So I, I do think, as we talked about in class, that their relationship is going to be mother-son but at the same time, it's going to be very nuanced and very different because of all that the both of them have gone through, mainly because of Bev's decisions. What happens here is, and as we talked about, Bev basically loses JD as her son from a caretaker sense. All right? She is no longer going to be responsible for JD, and JD moves in full-time with Mayma. And while he's been with Mayma for most of his, his entire life, he's never lived with her full time. But it's a huge shift to give him that consistency that really starts his process of JD building a successful future. He gets the three rules where he has to get good grades, he has to have a job, and then he has to help her around the house. And ultimately, this experience lends itself to a great deal of growth, part of which is JD's age. He's now at the end of high school, he's thinking about the future, and Mayma is helping him establish what this is going to be like. He sees the American classified while working at a grocery store and it makes him very angry to see the privilege that is given to the wealthy and to the, it's the, the poor people on welfare taking advantage of the welfare system. And he gets really frustrated about this. It's a situation where he, see, he sees both sides of it and both ends. The privilege being given all these opportunities to live a life that is so different from the lower and welfare class, and then the welfare class taking advantage of opportunities that people actually need. And while this is not a blanket statement for everyone in the welfare class or everyone who's wealthy, it really makes JD upset. Because he's what he's seeing here is that this system that is designed to help people on one end is being abused by others, which gives it a bad perception. And on the other side of it, we have Americans who are privileged with their financial well-being, being given a longer leash and more privilege because of their socioeconomic status. So I want us to really focus on that idea that both sides of the equation are not the mean. They're not the average. But I do want us to understand and focus on the fact that while these are not situations that speak for everyone, they are incredibly important for understanding how JD is seeing the country and learning about the country through this work experience.
146, J.D. really explores this idea of what exactly is at stake here and what is driving the thought process of so many in his community. It's easy, as he points out, to just focus on these sociological issues that we're seeing. But he likes to focus on the psychological. And he has that long, I don't want to call it a rant, but it's, it's a very strongly worded section on page 146 where he talks about the irrational behaviors which keep people in the class of their community. And what I mean by that is it keeps them around the same types of people. And since everyone seems to be doing it, it makes it the norm. And this idea, and he goes back and forth about all the different things that people would say, but they act differently or they complain about one thing, but then they do it themselves. And it's a very long list. And while it might seem a little preachy, it's also incredibly efficient of him to point this out that ultimately what we're seeing here are people in a country who feel like their decisions do not matter and that they can live their life for the short-term moment rather than a long-term plan. And living that way doesn't develop or instill any growth or long-term success or change within a family from generation to generation. So while JD is talking about this urine incident at the beginning of chapter nine, it ties in with the behavior that makes him so upset that he's pointing out on page 144 and 146. And while he discusses race in this section as well, we have to ask ourselves, where does race play in as far as allowing the experience of a white American in this situation versus the experience of a black American in this situation? Is it going to be worse for the African American or the black American in the exact same socioeconomic status of a white American? Or is it, in a lot of ways, a push? It's something to be discussed and explored, and J.D. does not offer that in this section. He focuses primarily on his community, on what he saw, and how he grew up. This ultimately lends itself, in chapter 10, to a pretty strong self-awareness that J.D. has. And while it might become shocking or surprising that he be so self-aware, we have to remember he was raised kind of like an adult his whole life. He's, he's got survival skills. He doesn't have the survival skills it might take to be successful at, the, at a college. And while he could attend Ohio State right away, he's got good SAT scores, he had good grades, he gets into Ohio State, he chooses to become a Marine. And part of it was inspired by what happened during the terrorist attacks in 2001 on September 11th. But ultimately, these two things go hand in hand. He wants to represent his country. He feels like it's part of his duty. But he also sees his opportunity to further develop himself in a way that would separate him from his past. And while he will always carry that weight around, and that will be part of his skeletons, no matter how long he lives, he'll have to deal with these issues, that the Marines is a fresh start getting everyone back down to zero and then building them back up. And it removes the learned helplessness that is so rampant in the community that JD is writing about. And he speaks about how the Marines shape him. 
and turn him into an adult, giving him the proper life skills that are so important. And though he goes overseas and serves in, in Iraq, Mayma passes away, but J.D. is there, there at her side when she passes. But because they had the experience of his final two years of high school living in the same house, and her sort of solidifying being the ultimate positive influence in his life and giving him this opportunity to have a successful life because of her influence, while it still makes him sad, I think he honors her by the way he behaves moving on past that moment. And he finishes his time in the Marines and then he's going to move on. And life moves very fast for him after that. And while this novel still has got a lot to teach us and give us to discuss, one of the biggest things we have to think about is he points out on page 177 that the solution is always there. And it might not be easy, but it's always there. There's always an answer. And he, and he wishes that people in his community would see that their choices mattered in life. And we're going to end today's lecture is the same way we talked about in class, that ultimately, Mayma instilled that in him. And that is her lasting impression on JD, that his choices mattered. He did not have to just be what the community was telling him that he was going to grow up to be. He didn't have to accept what he was, the, the hands, that he, the, the cards that he was dealt. He could be more than that if he wanted to. And she, as long as she was alive, was going to try to make sure that he overachieved and didn't sell himself short.